0: Like Family, with Brenda Donoghue.
1: On this Like Family, we meet families from all across the country as they attempt to get their lives back on track while continuing to navigate this pandemic. Returning home...
2: Yay, yes, she comes in on Mornings bus, this is it. Yay, there she is. There she is, there she is, there she is, yeah.
1: Returning back to full
2: health...
3: Okay, Brenda, how are you? I'm here now today cutting the garden for the first time in nearly 17 months. Not a chore I like, but actually really happy to do it now because I've been so sick and been unable to do it between friends and neighbors helping me.
1: Returning back to live performances.
4: It was absolutely amazing. Warmness in my heart, happiness, butterflies. I could just sing for the whole night now.
0: And you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donoghue or email brenda at rte.ie.
1: Rita in Dublin is delighted to be returning to the office.
0: With the latest traffic and travel news, I'm Carl Quinn. It's a busy morning for emergency services.
5: Oh, to be back in the office is great. Having the the work clothes, getting them out in the morning, getting my high heels on. No more hoodies. No more hair on top of my head. (laughs) It's nice. And I feel tall and beautiful again.
6: Traffic is very heavy on the M50 southbound from the M1 interchange. The
5: first time I logged on, it was great. I actually just, I didn't realise how much I missed being on a computer. The clickety-clack of the nails and everything like that. Anarita, what's different about being back in the
1: office this time?
5: I think we appreciate it a bit more. You go in at nine, do your work finish at six and you go home. And I think if I don't have the routine, I feel a bit lost, I think. So it's trying to get those routines back and hopefully the Friday evening drinks will happen soon after.
1: (laughs) Although Rita is glad to be back in the office, she has had a few very difficult years. I I cared for both
5: my parents. My mum, unfortunately, passed away in 2016 from breast cancer. And then it was just me and dad. I have no siblings, no close other family. So we were getting on grand. Along came March and Dad went into St. Mary's Hospital for some respite and then I go up uh, on March 12th to see him and I get told, no, hospital's on lockdown, no visitors, you won't see him and I didn't see him for 10 weeks. Uh, he got COVID in there and he got through it, I don't know how, but when you get that phone call saying that if things get you know get bad, that if he has trouble breathing or anything like that, that they will not send him to hospital, which is a hard call to get when you're by yourself so you just come back and sit here in your
1: apartment and just worry until you get him home but then we got him home but it was it was a very weird time Rita's mum Nolene passed away in 2016 and they were able to have a proper Irish send-off for her but when her dad John died in June of this year she found saying goodbye in a pandemic a very different experience
5: this time everything was just so clinical I was lucky i did get to see him one last time before they they closed the the coffin and that was only i just wanted to see him in a suit because that was a promise i'd made to him that he'd have his nice suit on with his nice tie and a nice new shirt so i suppose experience and what i have experienced through the pandemic through caring and and my dad dying is that i wouldn't be as sociable as i was before all of this happened i think he'd become a little bit more insular A lot of people, I think, will find their grief is more stretched out
1: than it would usually have been. When you were caring for your dad, you were probably busy. And now that they're both gone and you can take that breath Mm. of not having those responsibilities, do you find that it's lonelier? Yeah, no, since
5: since they've both passed on now and I had such a routine with both of them, it's actually very lonely now. So I've started reading books again, which I used to love. I, I would usually finish a book in a day. So I went down to the library the other day and read read my first book, finished it off in under eight hours. Which was? um, It was John Connolly. Oh. I, I even tweeted him going, thanks, John, because I'm back at reading my books now. I suppose everything I've been through, it's been a tough couple of years for everybody. You know, caring for somebody, losing them, to be getting dressed up and go into the office and just have normal talk, normal conversations. Not about bandages, not about hospitals, not about anything The normal stuff, the everyday, the mundane. I want the mundane back.
2: So she's literally just checked, so just past Supermax, which is out the Westbrook Castlebar Road. So she should be here now in a few minutes. And I do know, because she's already warned me to have the washing machine empty because she's bringing her Mayo bag, which holds, I think, half of her wardrobe. (laughs) Home for her spaghetti, she loves it. (laughs) And garlic bread, and the whole lot.
1: We're at a bus stop in Westport, and Nikki is waiting for her youngest daughter Emma to return home from college for the weekend. She feels very emotional about it.
2: She's our baby, so she's our third to go off to college. I think as well because of the last 18 months that they've had. I mean, COVID. We shared a workspace for so long. She had, I had the morning, she had the afternoon trying to do schoolwork. The pressure, everything changed so quickly. So it was in terms of college was going to be her chance to get out and to do and to be and yay, you know, it'll be great. And in saying that, there was kind of part of me that was kind of going, it'd be great if she took a year out. She could do a gap year, she could stay home. But at the same time, it's lovely to see her go but I love to see her come home at the weekend. I'm quite surprised at that reaction in myself. I'm quite surprised at how emotional I was and am about her coming and going, but she's my baby. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No. What's the name of the bus? Moran. Hey, I think there it is. Yay, Yes, yeah, she comes in on Moran's bus, this is it. Yay! There she is! <laughs> there she is! There she is! There she is! Yeah. My mother. My mother Come on, don't you starving? Yes. You brought the laptop, do you plan on doing some work? Yeah, I
6: have. I've And
1: reunited, Nikki and Emma head off on the eleven mile car journey to their home in Lewisburg.
2: As you know, Brenda, we have quite a busy house at home and this weekend our son is also home from Sligo oh, IT. IT. Yes, oh, I so the car journey the car home, this is literally our space. It's interesting because ever since like I was a child, my
4: parents have always put an emphasis on family dinner. Everyone eats together and it's just been weird. I get home from college at like maybe half five and just make my own dinner, just sit there in silence,
6: eating my own dinner washing (laughs) can
2: we can we clarify the washing bit that's you giving it to me in a basket and it magically reappearing on your bed i put it up to my bed (laughs) 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 oh my gosh halloween
4: decorations
2: (laughs) (gasps) look there sir william hello sweetie This is one of the kittens. Our eldest daughter went, Mum, she's only gone a week and you've replaced her with two kittens. Emmy, do you want to go on in, love? Oh, um, will me. you put on, fill up the kettle, love
1: Hello, you?
0: darling. Has it been a week already? I was only leaving you to the bus and you're back. Yes.
1: That's Emma's dad, Jerry. So how has the house changed now that she's staying in Limerick?
0: My perspective, looks, um, I'm, I'm a bit different in that I'm the stay at home parent. I'm the one that's looking after the kids. And we made the decision about 20 years ago that that would be the case, that I would be the one at home. And it has become even more different in the last while when the children have got to an age now where they're actually moving out of home. We were involved in a home that for a long time was in a particular rhythm of children going to school and children coming home from school. And now we're in a different rhythm of children going away for the week and coming home with the weekend. So that is very different takes a little bit of adjusting to and getting used to and that's what we're doing at the moment. With David and Emma heading off now within the last while it has certainly shifted the whole focus and attention of what home is about.
1: This year, more than ever, student accommodation has been such a challenge for families. Over dinner, they tell me how stressful it has been for them.
6: So nice to not have rice, plain rice for dinner. (laughs) Emma?
1: Congratulations! You got into UL to study languages. Wasn't what I thought. What I was going to do, considering it was my sixth choice, I've gotten <laughs> over it. But you hadn't planned on Emma going to Limerick, so you were at the cold face of the accommodation yep. student crisis.
6: Yep.
2: Talk to me about it. We joined Facebook groups. We joined literally everything. I rang people I have not spoken to in 10 years that I know lived in that way. Do you know do you know?
4: It was probably like one of the worst weeks I've ever experienced. like I remember yeah. me and my five other really close friends and um, we decided to have one last sleepover together before we all parted our ways and we had like a wine and cheese night. And all my friends around me were talking about how excited they were, how they were going to decorate their room, like looking at their schedules there. And I was literally there on E, like emailing, like refreshing the whole time. Like it was so, it was so absolutely depressing because I so desperately wanted to be there with them. There was always in the back of my head, you're probably not going to be able to go at all. It was this close to just giving up. give completely giving
2: up absolutely it was a very serious reality i think it's about been the one time in our lives for gerry and i that we have been concerned in terms of emma's mental health because she you know she's such a gregarious such an outgoing person this is so unfair she had worked so hard she had endured so much and she had done such a brilliant leaving search like i mean we got accepted into college but it's kind of like How do I go? There is literally no accommodation. We were also saying in terms of she needed to be gone too. Like she Mm. had done her time.
1: So after all the efforts to try and find
2: accommodation, Mm -hmm. you were about to give up. And then you did something. It was a Thursday night. I was feeling quite exhausted. Got into bed and I just kind of went Twitter. I went, why not Twitter? So I literally wrote she's due to start on Monday if she does not get accommodation she's going to have to defer so I put the tweet out there and I went that's it and of course I turned it all off so that was fine when i turned on my data in the morning all of a sudden there was a dm message from a lady saying look nikki i put it out and i got an amazing response and there is somebody who can take emma she's never done it before but she hates the thought of a student having a fairer place uh, for the sake of not having a bed this gorgeous lady has turned out to be emma's landlady but people are good and they responded and emma is now attending college in UL.
1: Well, big changes for Emma, but also a very big
0: adjustment for Jerry and Nikki. Well, certainly it has given us a little bit of space and time to reflect mm. on a life that we've lived so far, which has very, been very much around our children. And when you start off the journey uh, of having children and going through life with them, the end of that journey, I suppose, in many sense, is when they go off on their own, whether it be to college or whether it be to work or whatever like that there. But in that time, it has allowed us to reflect and really look at each other and give each other a pat on the back. And I look Mm -hmm. at Nick and I say to Nicky, Nicky, well done, you It is a huge milestone for any couple, I think. When you come out the other end of it and your youngest child leaves home, there is a huge satisfaction in knowing that you worked your hardest and did your best. And that's to be
3: celebrated. Okay, Brenda, how are you? I'm here now today cutting the garden for the first time in nearly 17 months. Not a chore I like, but actually really happy to do it now because I've been so sick and been unable to do it between friends and neighbours helped me. I feel as if I'm making progress. I'll just turn off the moor here now for a minute, okay. Brenda. And as you can see, I'm still wearing my, my summer shorts because I spent probably from when I came home from hospital in May 2020, I was in compression tights up to, until January 21 because I have I suffered with clots after the COVID. And it was great just to get my legs back to myself. And I, I promised myself that once I get them off, I leave my legs see daylight. Maybe even up to Christmas Day, I don't know. I might get a bit bit cold. I'm not saying I have sexy legs now, but they're they're sexy for me anyway.
1: That's Tom Gallagher in Waterford. Tom spent 66 days in ICU in 2020 in a battle for his life against COVID-19. And what's even more incredible is he was beside his brother who also had COVID. So what does he remember?
3: When you're so sick, That you're lying in bed every day and obviously you have all the care between doctors and nurses and specialists looking after you. But there's no problem putting in time because time means nothing because each day just rolls into the next day. When it started with me back in March 2020, my brother Trevor got sick about a week before me and was in ICU before I actually went into hospital. But little did I know that a week later I'd be in the same ward, the same ICU, lying side by side and both of us on ventilators. Even at that, we never saw each other. We never actually laid eyes on each other because obviously when you're on the ventilator, you're in a coma and you're, they have you paralysed. But he saw me because obviously he came off the ventilator before I did. So the, the, the doctors and nurses told him, look Trevor, your brother is actually next to you. You're going to see him when, when, when you're leaving the ward. He always said to me, even after that, he had this sense that there was someone in the room belonged to him. He, don't know, he said, I don't know how I knew it, but he always had this feeling that someone here, I know someone close to me, but I don't know who they are. When we were younger, I'm the eldest of seven. When I was only twenty-one, my parents—both my parents died within two years, two years of each other, in eighty-six and eighty-nine, with breast cancer. And my dad had an aneurysm. And when myself and Trevor got sick, then again in twenty-twenty, it was like this external force was coming after us again, like you know. And, and my other five, my one sister and my other five brothers, it was hard on them as well. And my own family, Aileen, my wife Aileen, and my son Tom and my daughter Ellenby. And unfortunately, on the second stint on the ventilator, even though I was on the anti-clotting, a uh, drug called Hepron. Uh, I actually got clots then while I was on the, on the ventilator. My left leg swe- swelled up, my right arm and my lungs. So I had to be uh, extributed then off the ventilator because the clots were, were were nearly more serious than the lung issues. I remember when they woke me up and you were me about the experience but for for maybe two or three seconds when the nurses were in the room me, and you can hear them telling you that they're going to take out the tube, you'll be taking off the sedation. But for that two or three seconds, I actually didn't know whether I was dead or alive. Like, am I up in heaven or am I down below or am I on earth? I hadn't a clue. And it's only when I realised that the nurse was next to me, I caught her by the hand. And I said to her, look, I can't go on this ventilator again. I said, and she said, no, hopefully you won't have to, Thomas. So when I did come out of ICU the second time around after after about five weeks, I knew then I was on the road to to recovery. I was feeling a little bit better every day and came home then in mid-May. And it's been a long battle even since then. Like, you know, I've had loads of issues between swelling in my legs because of the clots, and I'm on six or seven tablets a day now, so I'm not out of the woods yet.
1: His wife, Aileen, is certainly glad to see Tom improve day by day.
7: He's he's definitely picking up, his spirits are are higher, and he's starting to do little jobs, taking interest again, you know what I mean? Like, this is the first time this year now we had a neighbour cutting our grass he cut the grass now unfortunately afterwards he's floored for a day or two but but definitely there's a big difference he's breathing in particular like mm. even going up the stairs like you know what I mean he's have to sit at the top of the stairs on the bed that's definitely after improving and his spirits are much higher
1: Could you put it into words for me Aileen of what it's been like for the last 19 months on your family watching Tom being so sick
7: Oh it was I mean it's hard to believe like that um, a virus could have such an effect. I mean, he went into hospital a fit, full of life, full full of health, like, and came home a shadow of himself, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, he had to learn how to walk again, like.
1: Was it difficult for you and the children to accept that this had happened to him, or how did you manage? I mean, you were probably trying to keep the children all right, and not too worried.
7: I think we we didn't, because we couldn't visit him, and we were, you know, we were only getting videos and photographs, it kind of hit us then when we saw how thin he was after getting. Um, and when he came home, physically, when he actually came in the driveway, we just couldn't believe how much he lost, you know, weight-wise. And, um, I mean, actually, <laughs> he bent down to pick up some something he saw on the driveway and he actually keeled over. He was as weak as a kitten. So it's been a big journey, like, do you know what I mean? Day by day, he's getting stronger and stronger. Like, but he's, he's resilient, you know. His, it's his strength that, that kept him going, like, you know what I mean, his inner strength. I think somebody up above as well. His mum and dad are looking down, looking after him as well.
1: As you look at him now, and the grass is looking very well here in it. your back garden, do you feel that you're getting Tom back, or your family a bit back again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely,
7: definitely. The more we see him improving, the more we we are, we're we're back together again. Like right. as a family, we're, we're thrilled. Like we just count our blessings every day. Like you know, we're so glad to have him back. And Tom.
3: Well, I have a different outlook on life. Obviously, you know, when you have a when you have a brush with debt, it does change your perspective. I, I actually think I have a different bond with people since I got sick. I, I don't think I've ever appreciated a summer like I've had this summer, just to be able to sit out the back, have a cup of coffee, and just relax, listen to the birds, have a chat with my wife and kids and friends. And I'm a work in progress, as they say. There's a certain amount of this thing I don't think I'll ever get away from. That it's going to be with me forever. Like, but I manage it, you know. And that's what I'll have to do is learn to manage it. And look, I'm not the only person out there suffering from this long COVID. There is a lot of other people in the same boat as me. From an illness point of view, this one tried to take me out, but it didn't get me. So onwards and upwards. Can you all hear? Is it good? Is that a little bit too
4: much echo in there? Can you? That's
1: Anna. She's getting ready for her first live music performance in 19 months. She's on the banks of the Shannon, behind Limerick's Hunt Museum, for the launch of the
4: Polish Arts Festival During the covid when we were at home we couldn't see each other we couldn't travel to I couldn't travel to Poland I couldn't see my family it was a very sad time we were very homesick i haven't had that feeling for a long time because i love ireland and i moved here for very important reasons actually but um i haven't had that feeling for a very 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 long time until the COVID happened and when eventually we were like no you can't travel at all i was like hold on a second so i think that was the worst so having this back again that we can see my mum is here so i was finally able to see her we have this time together again i think that's the most important that's the the biggest happiness about it.
1: Anna is getting ready to perform a song she wrote about her feelings during Covid.
4: The song is called Emotions. So obviously it's about emotions. It grew in me for the last couple of months. uh, Being sad, being angry, being disappointed. I put everything together into the music and words and it came out a beautiful song. Well I hope that it's beautiful, that you will like it. So kick off in about 15 minutes. This is the moment of unbelievable excitement. When you're performing at home, when you're singing through the computer to your phone, it's it's so flat, it's just, there's no life in it once you're actually on the stage or as we tonight uh, tonight actually were outside it's something that you can eventually show your emotions you can actually smile you can make different faces and people can see it i think this contact with with human is just the best this is my husband hello how are you lovely to meet you and this is my mother hello hello marianne how are you very good (laughs) i don't speak english that's okay and a very special
1: person is in the audience her mother, Marianne, has travelled from Poland.
4: Uh, mum said that she's very glad that she was able to come to Ireland eventually after such a long time because of Covid. She said that she's very proud of me. This
1: means so much to have your mum here. I can see that.
4: Yeah, it is actually, do you know, it's, it's really very emotional, to be honest, because... I think that I never got a chance like, you know, to have her on my performance. So um, yeah, as you can hear, I'm actually even getting so emotional. And um, I missed her so much for for such a long time. So it's amazing. (laughs) We're so happy. (laughs) I haven't seen her for such a long time. We weren't able to touch each other. You see, talking through WhatsApp, what mum said, is one thing. Covid changes a lot. I think home is where your family is. I know I have my uh, my husband, my kids are here and so many Irish friends. But I think my mum, my my rest of my family is there as well. So I definitely have two homes. Good luck. Thank you.
1: <laughs> the moment has finally arrived for Anna to perform her own song, Emotions.
4: absolutely amazing. No need for stress actually. Warmness in my heart, happiness, butterflies, total explosion of emotions. It means a lot for me that my mother is here in Ireland and it's just wonderful that she was able to be here tonight and see that performance. This performance was very beautiful. My daughter was uh, very lovely. I could just sing for the whole night. We're so happy. (laughs) I am too. <laughs> happy. Very happy.
1: Well, thank you, Anna, and thanks to all the families who spoke to me. That's it from Like Family, and thank you for listening.
0: Like Family with Brenda Donahue,
6: rte.ie forward slash radio one forward slash like family.